Hello, cool. everybody. Welcome back for another edition of Out of Bounds. As always, I'm your host, Spencer Brown. Joining me, we have Dalton Bishop. What's going on, Spence? Christian, how are we doing? Just kicking it, ready to talk some sports. Christian Ernst, as Dalton alluded to, how's it going, Christian? Doing good. We got, I know it's been a while since we recorded, you know, schedule conflicts. It's going to happen, especially going forward. We're, there's also not a whole lot to, to uh, discuss. So we may be a bit irregular with our uploads going forward, as you can kind of tell from the past. Uh, I do want to apologize for knocking one out last week. So we have decided to scrap our NBA draft recap. I know we briefly touched on it last episode about our preview. Uh, okay, sincerely apologize. We will not give our draft reactions. Um, to this year, although when we do our NBA preview, we'll give Rookie of the Year. So I guess that, in a way, is going to be a bit of a draft preview. Uh, real quick, before we start with uh, one of the biggest storylines, I do want to quickly mention that since we recorded, the Hornets have brought back Steve Clifford, who had previously been the Hornets coach, then was in Orlando for a few years, took last year off. He is now the new Hornets coach. He's back in the same spot he was back in 2018 when he was fired from the team. Kind of interesting hire there. And the Utah Jazz going after Celtics assistant coach Will Hardy. Hardy comes from that Popovich line. He was in San Antonio for some time. Then he went over with Ime Udoka last year to Boston. Um, and then it's kind of weird because Danny Ainge is in charge in Utah, but he left after last year's in Boston. So him and Hardy never overlapped in Boston together, but uh, Danny Ainge obviously saw something that he liked in Will Hardy, and he gave him the hiring. Uh, we'll talk about the Utah Jazz in a bit about how the roster's looking up now. But we'll start with the um, biggest story. It was a lot bigger last week. Uh, it's kind of died down a bit. But the Brooklyn Nets have a lot of drama surrounding the program. You know, Kevin Durant requesting a trade. Kyrie Irving had a whole saga where he was maybe going to explore a trade, but then there was no interest outside of Lakers. So Kyrie opting in to $36 million. Yeah, he's he's going to take $36 million over a $6 million contract or a vet minimum deal, naturally. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. It looks like the market might be a little dry for Kevin Durant. There's no sorts of suitors. It's just getting the price to work. But you also got to keep enough talent on the team that Kevin Durant wants to go to. He's not going to go get, go to a team that has nobody there or a team that's going to give up a lot of pieces, including their best player that Kevin Durant probably want to play with, which is why I wanted to go to the team in the first place. So we'll see how the market shakes up because it's going to be but going to be basically making the contracts work out. Um, if Durant is to be traded, maybe we'll get one more year of Durant and Irving. Maybe we won't. And that's going to be something to monitor in the upcoming weeks. Let's go to Dalton next. Your thoughts on this whole Brooklyn Nets saga with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant? Pretty awesome. I think it's fantastic. Um well, we know that it didn't work, so now you just got to split up who's ever left. Um, and uh, I want to see it go uh, work, but that's not going to be for a while, so it's fine. It's fine. Um, you know, I think uh, I think both still have it in them to get some good minutes and maybe maybe make another run at a. At a, at a championship, but it depends on what teams they go to, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, but the the price tag, I mean, you mentioned it, that, you know, the suitors and the price tag, I mean, there's just too many factors to get to feel like that there can be something done right now to get these guys out of Brooklyn. Yeah. 
Christian, you have anything you you want to add about the um the saga going on in Brooklyn? Poor Brooklyn, I swear. Like everyone kind of treated them as uh the little brother to New York Knicks. Even before Irving and Durant got there, and Brooklyn was a better team overall than New York, they always seemed like the you know the little guys because New York's brain was so big, and it's still so big even with Durant and Irving when they were there since 2019. And the fact that, you know, Irving just – he's very in and out. Ever since he was carried by LeBron in Cleveland, because he couldn't do anything – by himself in Cleveland was nothing. By himself in Boston, not so much. And then uh, just kind of quitting, quitting on the tail end of Boston, quitting on Brooklyn. Kyrie, like, kind of the John Wall, but instead of – you know, John Wall being, you know, leaving and he's just hurt. Kyrie just leaves his team, the whole vaccination status. Um, pretty much just not being available because he just doesn't want to be and all of this kind of stuff. KD, you understand why he had to sit out because of injuries. And when he played in, two, in the 2019 finals, uh, tore his ACL, or was it Achilles? One of the he had Achilles. KD, yeah, it was a- Okay, Achilles. So when he tore his Achilles... Like, he had to sit out for a year. I think everyone kind of understood that. But, like, 2020 comes around, and 2020 happens, and that was a crapshoot itself. Um, you know, like, oh, he was he was there, and he still dominated, but, like, where's Kyrie? Oh, he's not available. Oh, let's try to bring somebody else. Let's bring in James Harden. You have Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, you know, two, you know, two MVPs and Kyrie, and – you know, MVP level talents. So you get this feeling of like, okay, this is a super team. We are going to be dominant. Brooklyn is going to be the best team in the East. And they're not, um, they're not up to par because everybody's in and out. Kyrie couldn't play in New York. He couldn't play at all. And then he couldn't play in New York. And then, you know, we see, you know, James Harden, he kind of quit on the team because, hey, build around me, and they want to stick with Kyrie. So James gets traded to Philly. And now KD is tired of being the only guy because he really was the only guy in Oklahoma City. He liked being, you know, a side piece in Golden State winning. But being the guy in Brooklyn, they're not winning. So he's probably going to try and be a side piece or – still a high-level piece for another team. I don't know who – a lot of people want KD. I don't know who's going to get Kyrie. People are saying Kyrie is going to switch with Russ. I don't think L.A. should do that because, yes, talent-wise it's there, but Kyrie is just going to disappear on you because if he doesn't want you know, to play a night, no one's going to change his mind. So – it's tough for Brooklyn because they paid a lot of money to get these guys. They traded a lot of pieces to get these guys. And, you know, their best players, we all thought, oh, this is the team to beat in the East, was swept in the first round. So, sad to see this, you know, what could have been, but it is what it is. Next up, we've had a few uh... – Big trades going down, and free agency also started. Free agency, not so much. A lot of re-signing. Uh, the big free agency signing, though, was uh, Jalen Brunson going to the New York Knicks, which 
was kind of pretty much expected, especially when you look at the Knicks literally signed his dad as an assistant coach, uh, his dad being Rick Brunson, who previously coached in the NBA as an assistant coach, was a high school basketball coach um, for the past couple of years, too, as a head coach, but he had NBA experience. Um, so I think that definitely played a factor is Jalen Brunson's dad, Rick, was hired to be the head coach or be an assistant coach on the New York Knicks staff. The Knicks going up and get him now. Um, so, that again, that's what happened there. Some big trades that have gone down to Jonte Murray um, went to the Atlanta Hawks from San Antonio. San Antonio, I don't know what they're doing. They didn't necessarily need to get rid of uh, DeJounte. They had a couple years left, but they want to get rid of him. They got back Gallo and multiple first-round picks, and then they immediately waived Gallo. Uh, and Gallinari expected to go to sign with the Celtics. There was the Malcolm Brogdon trade. Malcolm Brogdon getting trade to Boston for no one that was in Boston's rotation um, in the playoffs for the most part. I mean, you know, Daniel Tice played a bit, but he ended up getting shipped out. Not the biggest loss in the world. You have Kevin Herter getting traded to the Sacramento Kings away from Atlanta. So I, I, I don't know what Atlanta's doing. They, you know, they bring in. DeJounte to get rid of Herder, I guess, you know, kind of similar position. So, want to get him out there. And then, of course, the big trade that everyone wants to discuss is Rudy Gobert. Gobert getting traded from the Utah Jazz um, to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Timberwolves, you know, they make the playoffs. You've got the building around Ant, obviously, uh, and Carl Anthony Towns. Um, they needed someone else. So, you're going to bring in Rudy Gobert and have a two big um, line with Cat and. Uh, Gobert, so we'll see how that works. I, it's, I'm kind of skeptical, but you know they might be the best block duo in the NBA right now. And four picks going away, uh, along with a bunch of players, including Pat Bev. Uh, interesting enough, Walker Kessler, who was taken in the first round at pick um, 22 overall by Memphis. He was traded by Memphis, but then immediately traded away to Minnesota. And then Minnesota flips him to get Gobert. So he's been on three teams, and he wasn't even in the league for a, a week yet. Um, so interesting start to the career of Walker Kessler. Uh, let's go Christian first here. Uh, any way you want to go, uh, what was your takeaways from the, the you know Gobert trade, other trades for NG so far? The floor is yours. Um, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed with Utah. I really am. Um, I feel like they were building something really good over there. Donovan and Rudy had a really good relationship up until 2020. Um, I mean, they were hot. Like, they were one of the best teams to come out of the West for the next couple of years. We thought Donnie was going to be a superstar. This guy was going to run the league. Um, and really ever since, you know, the 2021 season, it's all been downhill. Last year, in a lot of people's minds, it was a disappointment because the whole tension with Rudy and Donovan – uh, it was really affecting everybody on the team. And we all kind of thought it's going to be one or the other. I feel like Donovan did have some calls, you know, possibly to get him out of Utah and join forces with people in Miami or with Boston or whoever they really needed uh, to bring it up to that next level. But they trade Rudy Gobert, um, a big, to – Minnesota, which I thought was a little strange, especially Minnesota when, you know, you got Cat uh, and you got Ant-Man who's doing incredible. So Minnesota, 
you know, they were they were right there last year, and they really made some noise uh, back and forth. I know Dalton doesn't want to talk about that because how that all ended. But um, I think, you know, getting a fresh start, I don't think Utah is still going to be as good of a team. So they can still possibly look to go the Oklahoma City route and rebuild. Uh, Get Donovan for some picks. Get Donovan for uh, anybody, really young guys. Because Donovan Mitchell, you know, as still as young as he is, you know, he doesn't want to be on a rebuilding project. We know how good he is. He's not that star, superstar level we all thought he was going to get to. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of outside forces that was going on. That's why Donovan hasn't lived up to the hype. But I think you get, I think you trade Donovan away to, you know, to a, a contender or a possible contender. You could get some picks back. Um, LA, LeBron, LeBron, let me just say LeBron may make some calls to Utah to see if he can uh, get Donnie over a cup, you know, a state away. But truly, it was truly a shock that Utah really fell, you know, like Quinn Snyder leaves and then the Rudy trade. Donovan is, I think, possibly going to leave um, just because he doesn't want to be a part of a rebuilding project. So it's sad that Utah was the number one seed uh, last, not this past playoffs, but the last. And now they're probably going to be um, a top lottery team. come next season. I'll push back a bit. I don't know if they'll be a top lottery team. It does, I guess it depends if they keep Donovan and if they go re- full rebuild. There was one report that they want to build around Donovan Mitchell, but if you get an offer you can't refuse, you kind of have to take it. If it's breaking up, getting rid of Donovan Mitchell, uh, which I would hate to see. I'd like to see Donovan have success in Utah. Similar, you know, you have earlier today, you know, Dame Lillard signs an extension with, uh, Portland, you have Bradley Bill coming out saying, you know, I want to win here. That means a lot more to me. And I want Donovan to be like one of those guys, but, you know, each person's career is different, obviously. Dolan, your takeaways from the um, first week or so of the new league year, free and see, trading, uh, however you want to take it. Um, mm, uh, well, where, where do we start? Um. I well, first of all, I think that uh, regarding the Rudy Gobert trade, I think that is absolutely mind blowing. I guess you could say it was a lot. Uh, it was uh, it was a lot to take in, and um, a lot of moving pieces. And <laughs> I to be honest with you, I think that uh, like the immediate impact, sure, but. One team just got a full load of bench players. Um, so one team's not going to have a bench next year. And the other team will have a bench next year. So I'm thinking is for the team that doesn't have a bench, doesn't even have like good role players, let's just not even have chairs of the game. Let's just not even have chairs there. Okay, we'll have the five starters that come in and they'll play all of the minutes. Since we're going to be making trades like this, to you know cover the cap and make sure like everything's cool financially wise i mean since we're gonna have like these one-sided like absolutely bonkers like 10 player trades um quite an exaggeration but you know what i mean 
Um, let's just not even have chairs on the sideline at that point. I think we should just walk. I mean, it's better for our health anyway if we stand. Um, just stand and wait at the uh, table and then, you know, tap on the table whenever you want to come in or go out, get a break. Um, and for all love, like the off season, like I know Christian, you mentioned my Oklahoma city thunder. I, I don't want to hear about it. Any of it. Nobody's going to go to Oklahoma city. Okay. The most news that they're going to get on TV or anything like that is going to be, Oh wow. What a great summer league performance by such and such. And then that'll be the end of that. Like that's pretty much it. Um, I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even sure if there's going to be more trades like what happened with Gobert. Um, I mean, it would be interesting to see, but uh, I feel like I feel like at some point they're just going to be like, yeah, you know what? Let's just settle because that's I I I want to think that's what happens eventually. Let's just settle for whatever because we don't want him here. So like. <sighs> Brooklyn, what are they going to do if they're, like, two days from the start of the season? Are they just going to keep KD on the roster? Are they just going to keep them there? Like, you can't just – like, I'm sure there's a deadline for these things. Like, if he doesn't want to be there, then why is he still on your roster? Like, sure, you can find the – find like, the financial part of it. You got to get that figured out. But get him out. Get, like, don't just keep him there. Get him out of there. Um, same for Kyrie. They don't want to be there. Fine. There's the door. Um, we'll find a partner for you, but there's no suitors because freaking the whole thing is messed up, but that's, that's okay. I mean, you just gotta, you just gotta figure it out. They can do it. I have trusted them. Um, if, if, if they both or either, um, find their way into Oklahoma city, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, that would not be good. I don't think, um, as a, as a proud fan, I would not want that to happen. Okay. Maybe the Kyrie thing, maybe just a little bit, because I know Kyrie wouldn't play a lot of games and I think that would still be good for our tanking, but it would give me false hope that we would be a good team because we have Kyrie Irving on our team. But that, I, I think that's how my, I think that's how I would go down for 82 games if that happened but um no it's been uh I'm, I'm just waiting for more stuff to go down for sure spence gotcha yeah we'll have a hopefully a lot more um chaos seems like the next few days when you know contra guarantee dates are approaching um and whatnot that we'll see some action still some decent players on the free agency are still unsigned um, but now we're going to shift gears to, to the NFL. We haven't talked NFL in a bit. There hasn't been a lot to go on. Um, that you know, the biggest news story in the NFL is Aaron Rodgers, the two-time MVP guy, tattoo. Christian, your thoughts on the Aaron Rodgers tattoo? I'm kidding. Um, all jokes aside, the Carolina Panthers, uh, long rumored to be the front runner for Baker Mayfield services, have indeed won the Baker Mayfield sweepstakes. They may not have been similar to one team. And they just really want the contract negotiated um, to determine how much they're going to be on the hook for. Um, but, you know, a conditional fifth round pick that if he plays enough games can be move up to a fourth round pick. That's 70% of the snaps. 
um, for Carolina this season. Again, it was the basically a foregone conclusion here that the Carolina Panthers would get Baker Mayfield. Uh, ever since the Browns decide, you know, to go all in on Deshaun Watson, they wanted to bring him in, and you just burnt every bridge you had with Baker Mayfield. Um, I think Baker's got some potential left in him. I, I've always thought he was better than Sam Darnold. That's another story uh, for when camp goes down. But Baker's got the chance to get a fresh start, one-year deal here. You got one year in Carolina under Matt Rule. Matt Rule could also be in a make-or-break situation here with his um, his NFL coaching career, at least as a head coach. I think I like Baker. I think he's got a chance to win the job. I don't know how competitive Carolina's going to be this year, just given, you know, Tampa Bay. The division could have been winnable until Tom Brady came back. And even then, Tampa Bay was far away the best team in that division. Um, you have Atlanta's kind of rebuilding there. New Orleans, new head coach. How are they going to adjust there? We'll see. Um, I, to only get a fifth-round pick, that's what you were going to get at this point. And you're also on the hook for $10.5 million for a guy you're not going to be pl- able to play. For um, yeah, See, like this is the way the Browns, they didn't want Baker anyway. Um, got him out of town, and we get to see the first pick and the third pick from the 2018 draft on the same um, offseason competing for the same for the uh, QB1 job in Carolina. I'll go Dalton next. Your thoughts on the Carolina Panthers going out there and getting Baker Mayfield? Um, I think that's a bold, that's a bold move. That's really bold. Um, who's going to block for this guy? Well, their draft pick that they drafted from NC State, maybe. But uh, like you already have, you already have Darnold and Matt Corral in the in the quarterback room, right? So, what is it going to be? Just like absolute bonkers in training camp, um, just absolutely like QB room, just competition through the roof. We got Sam Darnold, who's a lottery pick. We got Matt Corral, who's pretty sure it was a lottery pick with top fifteen. Um. Pretty sure it was high draft pick. And you got Baker Mayfield, one of the best Oklahoma quarterbacks ever. Because Oklahoma quarterbacks, they translate really well into the NFL. Anyway, um, I'm curious if Baker wins the QB job for this team. Does he go right in and win the job? Or so. You guys aren't fans of Sam Darnold, but what if he wins this job? All the, I mean, Baker hate. Oh my gosh. I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. I'm going to just go absolutely insane if Baker loses the QB job to Sam Darnold because everybody hates Sam Darnold because he can't play. <laughs> because, like, he can't play. So, like, if he wins, then what does that, then what does that tell you about Baker Mayfield? <laughs> like, uh well also Sam's got more experience under that system so I feel like I feel like Sam Donald's gonna win the job anyway because of his experience uh within that particular system but who knows maybe Baker's like really really smart and he'll be able to just do it like he'll be able to just um get the system very very quickly and learn it and be able to step right in day one um or, oh, my gosh, I was just thinking if Matt Corral wins this, oh, 
I think all hell is going to break loose. I think that's going to be even worse. Like a rookie quarterback beating out the Baker Mayfield, like the guy who's on the progressive commercials, the guy who like won the Browns a playoff game. Oh my gosh. That's going to be, oh, the media is going to be in all kinds of shambles. I mean, the freaking networks might break. Like, oh, it's just going to be like five hours of ESPN just going off about how Baker Mayfield didn't win the job. That'll be, oh, I'd have a blast with that. That would actually be kind of funny. And we'll have to cover it on the pod, and I'll talk about it for another 20 minutes. Um, But this could be a bold move for Carolina, I think. Um, I'm just thinking about the ways in which they even want to go about this. Like, I mean, you just have them battle it out for a little while. And, I mean, Baker did have that soldier, that shoulder surgery. And so, you know, once he gets completely healed, is he going to be a new man? Um, or is it going to be the same old Baker? I mean, he's not very mobile, but, I mean, he can move, but not really that much. Um, he's tough, for sure. I think that's what Carolina needs. They need a tough guy, a quarterback. I'm not saying that Sam Darnold, Matt Corral is not tough, but, I mean, Baker did make the executive decision to play the entire season last year with a torn labrum. Pretty sure it was labrum. Um, and, well, on the other side of things, with, with Cleveland, um, finally, you know, when I talk about getting the monkey off your back, that's nice. Good for you. Now you can just stick to what you have currently. You got Deshaun Watson and you have Jacoby Brissett and another quarterback. I'm sure they have three quarterbacks on their roster, but I, I just care about the first two. Um, I think Cleveland's looking really good right now, for sure. Without Baker in there, you don't got to worry about anything. Even if Deshaun is suspended, whatever. You got Jacoby. Jacoby's he's got experience, man. He's played on some good teams. That's a valuable, valuable time on the field. And I think he'd be a nice backup to Deshaun until he gets back. Um, I did not see Carolina, to be honest with you, uh, trading for Baker because they already had a quarterback, um, a couple quarterbacks. But uh, that shows you that, that just shows you that any but that like pretty much anything can happen at any time. Yeah. Thank you, Dolan. Christian, your thoughts on the Baker Mayfield to Carolina trade? It it definitely came as a shock just because right now Cleveland is in a very bad situation. They fully guaranteed a contract, one of the first ever fully guaranteed. Uh, and, you know, NBA, we're used to seeing the NFL, not so much. Cleveland paid the bank and more to Deshaun Watson. Even with all the stuff around Deshaun Watson's happening, they still they wanted out of the Baker sweepstakes and take a chance on Deshaun Watson missing half, reportedly missing the entire season next year, and maybe even more. And what so they traded their best backup pretty much because we all knew Deshaun was the guy, even though they burned every single bridge. And the, for Baker, Baker was still your best quarterback on the roster besides Deshaun Watson, because you have Jacoby Brissett and Josh Dobbs, who I we already know Josh ain't gonna do crap. Jacoby Brissett 
is a good quarterback. He was good in New England, Belichick system. He was good. In, he was okay in Indianapolis. He was fine in Miami. But now he's got to be the guy. Cleveland is a win now roster. We have all said this for the last several years. They have a tremendous defensive front led by Miles Garrett. Denzel Ward is carrying the secondary. Nick Chubb and Hunt in the running back in the backfield. Receivers, yeah, they're kind of interesting. And their offensive line is pretty damn good. Their one issue was quarterback. That's their one issue. Every single position, and you're like, okay, A, B plus, uh, linebackers, C. But everything else is pretty daggum good. If you have a really good quarterback, you're going to win a lot of games. Baker Mayfield, yes, he played through an injury. Yes, he showed how tough he was. But he he, he had a good rookie year. But, like, it was Cleveland, and the, you know, the roster wasn't as good. But when the roster's there, even though he stuck through it, couldn't get the job done. Deshaun Watson... He doesn't have all this stuff going on. Oh, my gosh. We're talking Cleveland as they're the Super Bowl favorites in the AFC. For real. That's how everybody was talking about Cleveland before Baker just fell off the face of the earth. And he got hurt and everybody. Because not a lot. Of, it wasn't a lot of injuries on the team, but as a quarterback position in Baker Mayfield. So, I think Cleveland totally lost this because – that, like everybody knows, they're paying Baker Mayfield like most of their contra- most of his contract while he's in Carolina, and they're going to pay him while he's going to possibly beat them week one, I believe, in Carolina. So it's not going to be a fun matchup at all for Cleveland fans because more than likely Deshaun's going to get suspended. Whether it's half a season, whole season, season and a half, whatever the verdict comes from the NFL, Cleveland is going to miss time with Deshaun Watson. It's Baker Mayfield, possibly. The, like, the, if you like quarterbacks, you're not going to watch that game. Tell you that, because I mean, these are the worst quarterbacks imaginable besides Deshaun. You got Jacoby Brissett possibly going up against Baker Mayfield. What? What a game! And the only storyline is, oh, yeah, Cleveland burned every bridge with Baker and, like, tried to humiliate him and say how bad he was. And they're probably going to put a progressive uh, – thank you, thank you, Baker, with a progressive uh, tag under it because why not? That's all he's famous for anyway. He didn't do – he didn't do jack for Cleveland, really, besides one okay playoff run. And – now he's in Carolina, and, you know, don't you say, like, oh, what if Sam Darn? What if Matt Corral? Carolina shouldn't have been in this trade anyway. Like, Carolina is a rebuilding team. No one is taking Carolina seriously. Nobody is. Everyone's like, oh, Vegas has them, you know, 10-1 to to win the division. Unless, every, unless Tom Brady seriously just takes a nosedive and is not good at all, and Jameis Winston gets hurt again, and Atlanta is Atlanta – yeah, Carolina has a shot to win the division. They have a shot to win the division. Their quarterback, how they were playing the game, was completely fine. Hey, let's get, you know, let's bite the bullet and 
pay Sam Darnold his fifth year. It's a pain, but we'll pay it. Let's draft a quarterback that a lot of people have number one. Let's draft him in the third round. Let's see what he is. He's got, you know, some downside, but he's got some upside to him. Matt Corral, let, let's see what he can do at Ole Miss. Let's see what he can do in our system. Don't need to rush him out. He beat Sam Darnold. All right, Matt Corral's going to week one starter. But let's just see. Because all the top quarterbacks that would come out, that are possibly going to come out in the 2023 draft, oh, they're good. Oh, they are much better. Any of the quarterbacks who are listed as a first-round talent would be the number one quarterback in this class. Because everyone had Kenny, everyone had Matt, everyone had Malik. Like, three different quarterbacks were number one. I thought Carolina was going to, you know, take another year. Then we get our franchise guy. Then we'll have Matt Corral as a backup. We'll trade him for value later. Sam Darnold, bye-bye. Good luck getting a job. And then we'll have our new era of Carolina football. With Tom Brady possibly going to retire. Atlanta's going to do the same thing with the quarterback position because they have Marcus Mariota and they draft Desmond Ritter. They're in the, They're playing the exact same game Carolina was. And in New Orleans, yeah, they paid Jameis Winston, but we saw when Jameis had, you know, had it in Tampa when he was the guy in Tampa, didn't do well. Just another two-year contract. Let's see if his first couple games were a fluke, and if he really does pop off for New Orleans, then that's the guy to take the take the position after Drew Brees, really. So, it, it, Carolina should not have pulled the trigger on this. It's a 2024, like, conditional pick. It's probably going to be, at best, I think, a third-round pick. Uh, but it's more likely, like, a fourth or something like that, fourth or fifth. So, you got the number one overall pick and number three overall pick for nothing, pretty much. Uh, for, you know, Bill O'Brien, you know, s kind of trade where you trade a half-eaten chicken sandwich. And you got two of the top three picks in 2018 draft class um which <laughs> that's not saying something the top three they didn't really pan out the best um and Saquon just because he's been hurt a lot not because of talent it's just he's hurt a ton but I think Carolina should not have done this trade I think it's a bad move on them just because they were playing the perfect game Seattle was doing the exact same thing where they have Drew Locke. They didn't draft a quarterback because I think they only had like three picks overall. So they couldn't, for real. <laughs> they, had to, they had to get what they can get. But Seattle's going with Drew Locke. They're going to be a top 10 pick. They're going to be a top 10 team next year in the draft, and they're going to go after a quarterback. So it, it's just sad that Cleveland had to literally burn everything before – uh, the Sean Watson decision was made. And then Carolina, I think it's just a lot. I think it's a lose, lose because Cleveland, you know, got out, you know, their two best quarterbacks on a roster at the beginning of the week or no longer on the team. And Carolina was playing a safe game. And now they have to deal with this QB controversy when they really could have just been safe, you know, win three, four games and get a top five pick. So I mean also the thing is with Carolina, 
is Baker and uh, Sam, their contract expires after this year because their fifth-year options are both picked up. Carolina picked up Sam's option, and Cleveland had picked up Baker's option, so they'll both be free agents after the year. But so you, have, they, you give up a pick for when you know you're not even going to use this guy? Like, it's it's just one of those kind of things. Like, you're wasting your time and energy for a guy you already know is not going to make the roster and make your team any better. I mean, fair. Fair. I definitely see where you're coming from. I definitely do. They get it's one year. And if you're Matt Corral, it's a win win because you get you were at one point projected to go possibly first round. Um you can just sit behind two guys who albeit they have not had the most success, but you got two guys who were taken in the first round and you can just learn from them and maybe even learn from their mistakes that they've had in their career. That have led them, I don't want to say led them to Carolina, but led them to get traded before their contract is expired. So if I'm Matt Corral. I'm taking any opportunity to, you know, one, you can compete with this job. I don't think you have much of a chance right now. This is me personally, from the outside looking in. But if I'm Matt Corral, I think you can win by just observing everything and then going to next offseason, just gun hole that either Carolina drafts a guy to sign a guy. But you have Matt Corral, who's been there for a year. Maybe he'll win the job next year in 2023. Um, but on 2022, it's going to be an interesting year to see what Matt Rule and company decides to do right there. Shifting over to the NHL. The NHL draft was the other night, but we also we haven't done a show in a while. So I do want to give a quick congratulations to the Colorado Avalanche for winning the Stanley Cup final this year. Elim- um, not eliminated, defeating... The two-time defending champ, Lightning, um, you know, Lightning to make it three, make it to three cup finals in a row is definitely an accomplishment, especially given how each season was very unique. Because you had 2020, the year suspended. 2021, you have the alternate divisions. You have the weird playoff format, in a way. Um, really condensed schedule, only 56 games against the same teams in your division. And you have back to a somewhat normal schedule. In 2021, so they had three really unique schedules, and Tampa has found a way to win or make the Cup Finals in three straight years. But the NHL draft was yesterday. Um, kind of like the NBA. I know we didn't talk NBA draft, but um, kind of like the NBA draft where you hear this guy, and even NFL to some degree too. You hear this guy who's talked all year has the number one prospect. Um, in NFL, we kind of saw like a week or two before. The uh, it shift to this other guy, and that was Trayvon Walker. Uh, NF, NBA, it kind of looked like Jabari Smith was going to be number one, but then the day of, an like, hour before the draft, it became clear it was Paolo Bancaro. NHL, most mock drafts that I've read, I, I'm not a hockey expert. I didn't start to imagine. I like to read to try to know stuff. Shane Wright was number one pick projected in most, and they ended up going the Canadians with um, a guy from Slovakia. Who I'm gonna if I would try to pronounce, I'd just butcher the name completely. So I respect for him. I'm not gonna try to butcher his name, but Slovakia had the top two picks in the NHL draft this year. Shane Wright actually fell to four to the Kraken, who are gonna be the second year of existence. Um, overall NHL draft, I, I'm not giving you draft grades. I don't know enough to know what were some good picks, what were some bad picks, reaches like I could with the NBA and NFL. Um, Picks, but again, NHL draft was the extra Canadians had their one pick. They choose to go with the uh, left winger from 
the um, country of Slovakia. So we'll see how the Canadians. They also made a couple of trades. Maybe they'll be back to playoff contention this year. Obviously, most teams, you know, they want to get back. They don't want to be stuck in, you know, either constantly picking near the top of the draft or, you know, just shift over to purgatory where you're not contending or you're not rebuilding. Um, that's all I have in the NHL game. Congratulations, Colorado uh, winning the Stanley Cup this year. Uh, Kel McCarr ended up being the Conn Smythe for playoff MVP. Definitely deserved. He was He's very young, one of the youngest ones we've seen in a bit, um, to win the Conn Smythe. I was happy to see Colorado. So third title in um, Stanley Cup history. And also a shout-out to Stan Kroenke, who is, is having a great year. His wife, because of um, NH, NFL rules, his wife is the technical owner of the Colorado Avalanche, but he, he's got a stake in it. Um, it. He also the Nuggets. They had the two-time MVP. There's also, I think, a lacrosse team, that he, is an indoor lacrosse team he's a co-owner of. Um, that has that won a championship. So yeah, Stan Kroenke is having a very good year. Um, if you couldn't tell, um, and Dawn can attest. I know he's a big Stan Kroenke guy. I am. <laughs> Go Rams. Go. <laughs> anyway, Dawn, uh, how's the racing world going? I know it's been a while since we've discussed this. So what's going on in the world of racing? Okay. Uh, let me. Uh... Well, there's been a lot of stuff that's been going on. Um. I think what was it? The last time we recorded was it last? Was it in June? It's been a few weeks. Yes. Okay. I think we're just gonna let's just start with the British Grand Prix because that's the one that happened on the like July fourth weekend. Um, now I thought that you know, I thought that Lewis Hamilton or George Russell was gonna be able to win this, but actually Carlos Sainz, who never won an F one race before, won. Uh, his his. His first race uh, at Silverstone, and uh, it was it was good, good for him, and I feel like he deserved it. Uh, he battled, he battled all day long, and I mean, I was watching, I felt like he had a solid chance to win. There was at some points, I mean, I feel like Ferrari just they just wanted Charles Leclerc, um, the, uh, a Saints' teammate, to just be in front. And it was very, very evident because you feel like at some point Saints would just back off at weird points in the race too. Um, but, you know, things had happened and, you know, Saints was able to pull off the dub and I'm happy for him. Sergio Perez came in second, Lewis Hamilton in third. Um, and actually Lewis Hamilton set a record for, I think, having most top three finishes uh, with like – 13 or something like that, or top five finishes. It was something insane, but uh, good for him. Charles Leclerc came in fourth, and Fernando Alonso in fifth. Uh, other notables, Max Verstappen in seventh. Um, George Russell was not able to finish. There was a huge wreck at the very beginning uh, where actually, um, actually somebody's car or somebody's, somebody's uh, car had flipped. Um, it was actually, I'm not going to say like entertaining, but it was something that I'd never seen before. Um, and, but yeah, that's luckily everything was all right. Everybody was okay, but that's, that's what happened at the British Grand Prix. Um, moving on to the Austrian Grand Prix, that was, that's, that's actually going to happen this weekend. Um, so 
I mean, that'll happen 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on ESPN2. Um, they're going to Austria, um, Spielberg specifically. Um, and I would expect Max Verstappen to bounce back, to be honest with you. I think he didn't have a he didn't have a great showing, um, especially to Max Verstappen standards. Seventh place, uh, not great. So I think I, I think he's gonna bounce back, and I think he's gonna win this race this weekend. I think he will. I just have a belief that you know he and his team they both know they can do better. That's with Red Bull Racing. They they just it just feels like excellence to me. So um, I'm gonna pick him to win. Uh, and uh, standings real quick. Um, so Verstappen still got points. He got six more points, so he's up to 181 right now. Sergio Perez with his 18 that he gained from the British Grand Prix, he's, got, he's out, is at 147. Charles Leclerc has cooled off a little bit. Um, he got 12 at the British Grand Prix, so now he's at 138. Uh, his teammate, Carlos Saints. Uh, is got 127. So the only two teammates, um, actually, excuse me, no, I mean, the top four, you're looking at Red Bull and Ferrari in the top four, um, which I find that incredibly fascinating. But uh, that just tells you packing is winning. Uh, if you pack it up, you can, you can absolutely dominate the competition. Um, and that goes for running too, but whatever. Um, George Russell rounding up the top five got no points at the British rear, the the Grand Prix and was still and still able to get inside the top five in the driver standings with one hundred and eleven points. Um, Lewis Hamilton just outside the top five. He's got ninety three. Uh, to the teams, Red Bull far and away the best. Three twenty eight as a team. Um, I mean, you can't ask for it any better. They're just absolutely dominated the competition this year. Ferrari's got 265 um, in second, and then Mercedes in third with 204, McLaren in fourth with 73, Alpine in fifth with 67. That's pretty much it with Formula One. Um, and then to NASCAR... There was one at Road America on July 3rd, uh, and and actually, like, another first. Tyler Reddick had never won, never won a race in the NASCAR Cup Series, but he did this weekend, this past race or whatever. Um, Four-mile track. Uh, it was a road course, which is really tough because of the turns. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who uh, is far more – He's let's just say he's more knowledgeable with these sorts of things than I am. Uh, and he's like, yeah, dude, it's really, really tough. But all the tight turns and I mean, it's just one of my favorite courses because of how because of the difficulty and especially with those big cars, uh, it just makes for good racing. And I was like, OK, yeah, I definitely agree with when you say it like that. Um, Tyler Reddick in first, Chase Elliott who I believe was the leader in the standings going into this race. He came in second, um, and he was leading there for a little while. He led for 36 laps, which is the most among NASCAR uh, drivers. Uh, last year's champ, Kyle Larson in third, Ross Chastain, who's been having a good season in the one car, uh, he finished in fourth, and then Daniel Suarez uh, finished in fifth. Other notables, um, Martin Truex in 13th, um, Denny Hamlin at 17th, 
the first bush uh, was actually Kurt this time around in 23rd. Uh, Joey Logano, 27th. Kyle Busch in 29th. Uh, and I believe that's... Oh, Spencer's boy, Austin Centric, came in 7th. Um, and, uh, yeah, moving on, there's 1-10th. They're going to Atlanta. Uh, Hampton, Georgia, to be exact. Uh, the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Um, I think I think it's really a toss up at this point. I'm a Kyle Busch fan, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna obviously go for Kyle, but I think uh, I think it's anybody's game, or should I say it's anybody's race? And uh, we'll just have to wait and see, wait and see who can who can win uh, this one in Atlanta. Uh, so uh, the driver standings: Chase Elliott is still in first um, with 624. Ryan Blaney's with uh, he's actually in second with uh, 591. Ross Chastain in third with 589. Kyle Larson with 553, and Joey Logano with 551. Um, that's it for the top five. Kyle Busch in six with 547. Um. <laughs> and yeah, after that it just drops off a little bit. It's tight here and there, like eight, nine, and ten is kind of tight. Four ninety nine, four ninety four, four eighty nine. Um, but then after that it just drops off. So really, you're looking at that top ten, and you're just trying to figure out who's gonna who's gonna really do some damage uh, in the next few races for sure. Uh, see if they can get up into this into the top five of the standings. If they're in the if they're in the bottom five. Or vice versa. See if there's any kind of movement. Um, so, uh, I think that's pretty much it, Spence. I think we're up to date. Um, so, back to you. All right. Thanks for that, Dalton. No Always problem. appreciate uh, NHL. Chris, anything you want to add before we wrap the show up? I know we haven't talked to you in a bit. Uh no. I think we've covered everything that we said we we're going to cover, and yeah, I think I'm good. All right, I know, yeah, again, apologies, like I said earlier on, it's been a few weeks since we uploaded an episode, and we may be on a brief hiatus, just depends on what's going on in the world of sports. I know Wimbledon's going on, we may bring that back into discussion. Uh, NBA Summer League's going on, which it, I'm interested in watching it, I'm not going to put too much stock in anything there. Um, we'll just kind of, you know, play by ear, if anything major happens, like, you know, a like Kevin Durant trade, um, we will come on and we will give our thoughts on that. Um, I mean, just again, thanks for listening. Thanks for the patience too that um, you guys have had with us through this infrequent um, period of uploading episodes. And as again, as always, I'm Spencer Brown. I'm Dalton Bishop, and I'm Christian Ernst. So thanks again for listening, guys, and enjoy the rest of your day.